Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Unbelievable tree we have today. Billy O'Neill is here, Chief of Staff of 51 Vets. Billy and I have just been hamming it up before we got on. I almost forgot to hit record because we're having so much fun. Billy, welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. Absolutely stoked to be here. Absolutely stoked to be here, Tony. So Billy, help me understand where you're currently at because you were one of the last Marines in Afghanistan and now you're helping people get board seats on massive fintech companies in the span of less than like a year. How did we get here? Yeah, it's been an absolute trip, man. So essentially... You know, Marsoc for the last six years. And then from there, I was one of the last uh, raiders in Afghanistan. Decided to transition out. Thought I knew what I wanted to do. You know, I was telling everyone I was going to go into finance. Was telling all my senior enlisted, like, I'm going to finance. Uh, They were congratulating me. Go for it. And then essentially, you know, got my bullshit card pulled, man, like hard. And uh, finally met someone who was in the space and was like, well, what does that mean? And uh, had no idea how to explain that to them. So they linked me up with 51 vets. I came on. I was an absolute sponge, you know, just flying the wall, you know, writing down. These guys are Zooming, you know, twice a week. And they're talking about EBITDA and, you know, free cash flows and all these terms that, like, why would I need to know that, you know, as a sniper in Afghanistan? There was no reason to know that. Um, so I was writing down notes of what to study and ended up coming on with them as the chief of staff back in September. And we've absolutely blown up, like absolutely blown up. We've doubled membership since September. And what we're doing is we're just trying to get special operations guys and, and aviators, you know, get them into, honestly, we're just trying to get them in front of the right people, right? Because half of it is just getting people in front of the right people and in front of these managing directors and in front of these VPs and helping them like learn like what this space is that they can transition into. And uh, it's been a huge success. I absolutely love that because a lot of times people get wrapped up. Uh, Lisa Fant, who I'm a massive fan of, her book and what she's doing over with military mentors and Chevy Cook, another friend of the show, talks about pie, right? Performance, image, and exposure. And when you look at that pie chart, right? 60% of that deals with exposure. And what you're doing for the men and women who are in the special operations communities and aviators over at 51 Vets is incredible. Before we go any further, we have to talk a little bit about 51 Vets. Give us a quick rundown. So 51 Vets is an organization of who we are. We're special operators and we are aviation pilots. Uh, where we're going, you know, we're on, we're on one of three paths. So you're headed into finance, you know, your investment banking, your private equity, um, hedge funds, wealth and asset management. You know, we're going into consulting or we're going into entrepreneurship, you know, and that's kind of who we are. And then what we do is we just we're a network for each other that keeps the culture um, we're very organically grown and, and recommended from the inside. And um, we just help each other, you know, with exposure into different buildings or into different, well, yeah, buildings, you know, like different buildings in New York and different businesses, and then helping each other just get in front of the right people with the right lessons. I want to really touch on that lesson piece, right? So as you've been in the military, you know, for a while, now that you've been in those different buildings and those different rooms and been in the boardrooms, right? 
What do you constantly implement from your time in the military? Do you constantly kind of go back to if you had to pick one thing specifically? Man, grit. Like being a sniper, that's grit. You know, with the with the pack, everyone wants to be a sniper. No one wants to hold the pack. You know, special operations, running through the woods, that's grit, man. And then you you and then if you change and you change and now you're in a different world and you have to recut your teeth because you're back on bottom. So it's that grit of realizing, you know. I'm starting over. It's okay. I'm 30 years old, you know, like I'm not even halfway done my life yet. Like I, I have time to recut my teeth and that grit of understanding, like I got work to do, just lace them up and do it. You know, that's probably the biggest thing I, I take with me. Where do you think that inspiration comes from to constantly kind of check the ego, understand the grit you need to endure? I mean, ego is the enemy, right? Like I think there's the understanding that there's no finish line. And you and me were chopping it up about this before we started. There is no finish line. Like, you know, people people kept asking me like, hey, man, you're at 13 years, you know, stay in, do your 20, collect your retirement, be done. You know, like, why are you why are you recutting your teeth and trying to go get an MBA and trying to you know break into a whole new industry? And the understanding is, you know, after 20 years, then what? Like you you have to redefine yourself at some point. I decided to redefine myself a little bit earlier. That's okay. You know, the guys that do 20, people need to do 20. That's a thing. Like, but understanding the finish line for me is not going to be till I'm later in life, you know? So that's, I think, what the biggest thing that I'm taking with it. And it not only where the finish line is, but like you're defining success, which means you define the race and the course that you go on. Why did you go finance or why, do, why were you so fascinated by that route? I mean, complete honesty, man, I started, my body started breaking down and I was like, man, what's a job that I can crush and I can sit down sometimes, you know, like that's okay. Like you can still run in the morning, but, uh, I can, I want to be able to do it till I'm, till I'm old, you know? And I decided finance, I think it's changing every day. Um, and that's kind of where I decided to throw my, throw my eggs, you know? What has been the most challenging piece so far as you kind of got into it, uh, trying to understand the whole finance world, right? Because there's many, like you said, there's many levels to it. Um, Probably, I mean, man, to tell you the truth, transitioning military into that world is completely different, right? Like I didn't even know, I didn't know what to wear, right? Like I I had an idea of what business casual was, but I didn't really know. You know, these emails that I get sometimes that now I've learned, like I was typing paragraphs you know, and these people are sending bullets because they're they're too busy, right? So it was this whole transformation and redefining myself and trying to be like, how am I going to fit into this new world, right? And that was probably the hardest part was learn trying to get everything as fast as possible and then be able to hold these conversations with these people that are in a different world that, you know, and then translate your own skills, right? Let's talk about that because that's super difficult because what does being a scout sniper free fall JTAC have to do with EBITDA, free cash flows, income statements. It has nothing to do with it, right? So trying to translate the fact that, you know, we come out of the military with elite, elite emotional intelligence, right? Which is just so needed in the business world these days. You know, crazy leadership skills. You meet these people that, you know, they've been in finance for 30 years and they're, they're running like a five-man team. And meanwhile, I, we were running five-man teams when we were 19, 20 years old, you know? So dealing with that. So that's kind of been, it's been an adventure, man. And you're also a student of the game, right? Like you, you have your master's in organizational leadership, right? So you, you not only did you say you bring in such a high level of 
EI, right? Emotional intelligence, but you understand at an organization level and you studied and, you know, kind of picked it apart to see how efficiency runs. Cause that's something we always constantly leverage inside the military is like, how do we make this system more efficient? Oh, definitely. I think definitely like streamlining, like, oh, everyone needs that. And then, and then, you know, with that degree just came everything you knew, I knew all these things, right? Like being in the military, I knew them all. So I knew how to do crisis management. I knew how to set the steps for my team. I knew how to have empathy and like monitor them, right? That's something that in the military we're so good at because we have a team. And then, you know, getting the degree in organizational leadership was just something that now I could speak to it. And then that just helped me, you know, with my new pursuits, which is, you know, I'm matriculating into an MBA at Wharton, you know, one of the top business schools in the nation. But being able to to translate all of that to them and say, this is why you should accept me. Like, I have skills, you know, so please let me in. And then them saying, like, we understand. Um, It's a huge step. Do you think it's that emotional intelligence that really has helped bridge that, like what could be looked at as a gap when you're talking that shared understanding initially? Or like, how do you go, how does Billy O'Neill walk into a room and kind of own it? Because I know you do. Smiling. Yeah. (laughs) We're on film. I'm always smiling, man. But it's a smile from confidence. You know, it's never going to be as bad as I've had it right? This is not a hole in Afghanistan. This is not, it could always be worse, right? So walking in and understanding that I'm going to leave this room, I'm going to make myself known. And guess what? When I'm going to go home, I've still got my boys that are going to call me, right? I'm still going to have my wife that's going to kiss me, right? My sons are still going to look up to me and understanding that that's what matters. You know, like I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to push the envelope every day. But at the end of it, like, I've got my crew and I've got my family and I've got the people that I'm trying to help. And that's what matters. So putting it in perspective and understanding your tribe from what you're saying has really helped, like not only just vastly improve your life, but taking on transition, which is usually seen as this like very hard process because we're set in our systems and then we go to something new. Would you say that's really the biggest thing that's kind of helped you through this whole thing is that tribe and knowing who you can go to? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I've got my tribe, right? We all do. We all have our tribe, especially military people. Like we've got a tribe of people that we trust, you know, look, I've been in for 13 and a half years. I've switched units countless times. My teams have changed. You know, I was at the schoolhouse and instructors rotate out because that's just the nature of the business. But from each of those, you'll have one, you'll have two, you'll have three people, you know, that you remain in contact with that, you know, you've built a bond with, you know, so you have that tribe as you, as you transition that you can call and, you know, have them check you and you check them. And then, of course, there's your family, right? Like you've got your your wife, kids, your significant other, your mom, your dad, whatever it might be. That's always going to have your back. So that transition, it it happens and it's going to happen to all of us, right? It's like death. Like it's going to happen to all of us. Everyone in the military transitions, right? Everyone's done it. Um, but, you know, understanding that it's okay, right? Like that's not just who you are. You're not just a Marine Raider. Like in the end of the day, I'm a father, you know, and I'm a student and I'm a husband and I'm all these other things, you know, and understanding that that's what my tribe like reminds me of. So yeah, absolutely crucial. How do you go to your tribe and ask for help when you, when you do kind of have some setbacks and a little adversity kind of thrown in your path? Like, what does that look like? Humbly, right? Like you're, you got checked, right? Like when I got my bullshit card called after telling everyone I was going into finance, And then someone finally, you know, pulled it and was like, well, what does that look like? Like, are you trying to go investment banking? Are you trying to go private equity? 
these are now terms that I don't know what they are, right? And like my back's against the wall. I am getting out. My family depends on me, right? Like I'm in a corner and I'm fighting my way out. So it had to be that humble thing, you know, especially like going to your wife, right? Your significant other. Like I went to my wife and was like, man, I did not know what I thought I knew on this transition. And uh, I've got some learning to do. But then you know what? Like I said, you lace them up, right? I woke up at five in the morning and studied for the GMAT so I could get to business school. And, you know, at seven o'clock I was heading into work. Like you have to, you have to grow. And that's, that's all it is. Like check yourself, remind yourself, put ego at the door, tell your people, you know, when you need help and when you're, when you're making moves and then make them, you know? What does it look like when you decide to make a move? Like what, what kind of thought process goes down? How do you track your goal? What does that look like? I definitely have a plan, right? Like I've got a plan where I want to be in five years, where I want to be in 10 years. Like I have all that, but then you remain fluid, right? Like things are going to change. Things are going to happen. Like I blew out my knee a year ago. That wasn't planned, obviously. Like who plans that, you know, like moving to New Jersey, like when we, we moved up here for me to go to school, like we didn't know where my wife is. My wife is also active duty, you know? So we didn't know where she was going to get stationed. So you got to remain fluid because life is going to throw it at you. Like it's your deal to either dodge it or catch it. So when you're making, when you're making moves, like I'm not a big broadcaster. I don't, I don't, I don't, don't have an Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. I don't push that stuff out there, but when I'm making them like know that I'm making them silently and I'm, I'm making them like they're, I'm going. So that's probably what I would say with how to make moves (laughs) silently, you know? The philosopher Little Wayne once said, real G's move in silence like lasagna. And I couldn't think of a person who embodies that Hell more yeah. than you, Billy. Um, <laughs> as you look to remain fluid, right? Where have you experienced the biggest piece of failure or biggest instance of failure that's ultimately changed your trajectory to lead you down a path of success? Man, that's a good question. Biggest failures. Like I look back at, at my life and my failures and we've all got them, Right. And, you know, I can I can think of ones from my younger days when I was wild and reckless before the Marine Corps and definitely made some. I think my biggest one that I've made, you know, recently um, would probably be and it's a, both a good and a bad. Right. It's And it's the transition. Like I thought I had a plan. I had a plan. I was going to get out and I was going to use the fact that I was a Marsoc Raider and I was going to use my network and I was going to bust break into finance. Right. And the thing is, like being a Marsoc Raider didn't mean anything to the people in finance. So, you know, that failure that pushes you that now, you know, after that, I decided to get my MBA and take that pivot. And that put me on a whole new trajectory, you know, with, you know, getting into a top business school and, you know, all it did was just push me to where I'm going to go now. But, you know, at the time it's hard, like failing sucks, right? Like people that are like, oh, I love failing because I can learn from it. Yeah, man, you know, a day later, two weeks later, like, yeah, then it's cool because you took that lesson in the moment. Man, that sh- there ain't nothing worse than failing. And everyone's looking at you because you had a plan and you thought you knew what was going on. And then you got, you know, you failed, you know, and that sucks. So I think that was the biggest one that's tra- changed my trajectory. But you grow from it, you learn from it and you go. Yeah, you keep making moves and lacing up the boots, as they say. Gotta lace them, man. Billy, this has been incredible. Before we go, you know, as a sixer, I have to ask, right? It's, it's written into my contract with myself. Billy O'Neill, <laughs> how are you better today than yesterday? I'll tell you what, man. I listened to your podcast. I told you. I've been running with you for the last two weeks in my ear, Tony Nash and the Sixers. 
And uh, I've been and I pondered this and pondered this and I had nothing for it. And then today I I realized it, right? Like you just realize it. And it's because I told my kids I loved them before they went to school, you know, and I kissed my wife before she went to work. And then I told them I loved them when they got home from school and asked them how their day was, right? And it's celebrating the little things, right? Because my day was stacked. We, we talked about it. Like I, my first morning meeting this morning for 51 vets was helping get a summer rotational so vets could get exposure to banking and private equity in New York City. Then I took a call raising money for an ESG organization led by vets. Took another meeting getting a vet on a board, right? Like a board seat on, an, on, a, on a company, you know, that he's going to make money on, you know. And at the end of the day, like those are huge wins. That's huge. You know, that's awesome. And I'll celebrate them. But you got to celebrate the little ones too, like being here, being in the moment, seeing your kids, seeing your wife. Like if you can't recognize those moments, you're not always going to have big moments. They're, they're not always going to be these huge things. So recognizing the little ones as well and celebrating those, that's how I'm going to continue to be better, right? And better for, for my tribe. I couldn't think of a better way to wrap the episode. Billy, it's been a pleasure. I know you're not a big broadcaster, right? But if somebody wants to go and connect with you, Billy, where are they going? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn, obviously. Um, that's a, that's huge right now with business and with everything else. You can find me at LinkedIn backslash in slash William O'Neill uh, 89, right? So that's me. I'm sure you'll you'll tag it as well. And then uh, if you want to reach out to me for anything with 51 Vets related, William, just traditional spelling, at 51vets.org. Um, reach out and join the tribe. Awesome. And we will make sure, like you already said, right, we're going to link everything in the show notes. Billy, thank you for taking the time, being present with us, sharing your strategies, your methods, showing us how you lace up your boots every day. And of course, thanks for having our six, brother. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, man, for what you do with this. This is awesome. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Got Your Six podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers, but the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Got Your Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.